I think social selling is an overused term, I, I think, but it's sort of like that common denominator. It gets people's attention. And I think the real way to position that is how do I use social media to sell a little better? And it's really how do I use social media to position myself as an expert as much as I can be. So there's the spectrum and continuum of thought leadership. And it, you know, it starts at the face many times of the sales professional going all the way up to the subject matter expert and then you can sort of bump it up to the C-level. But as a seller, as a professional seller, it means how do I get on the same channel that the customer, the client is viewing, is trying to find out how to solve their problem, how to spot the opportunity, how to scale, how to spend. It's trying to make yourself relevant in a, in a way that's not intrusive. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join host Bryn Tillman as she brings you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here is your host, Bryn Tillman. I am so excited today. I've got Jerry Moran on our call. I have been following him for years and years and years. He launched a company called Marketing Think Consulting, but his background goes like some of the top companies in the world. Welcome, Jerry, to the Making Sales Social. Thank you, Brian. Awesome to be here. Tell everyone a little bit about you and your background. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I introduced myself recently someplace else, and I said, I've always wanted to be a marketing consultant since I was 13. And pretty weird, pretty odd, and pretty geeky, actually. And, you know, here I am. But if you look backwards, I, I have worked for some of the most biggest brands in the world, biggest global brands, one of them is kind of not around anymore, Kodak. And then I, I was selling copiers of Kodak and uh, I was a, a serial marketing assistant at Ralston Perina when they had the had the business that I worked at HBO for about 18, 19 years or so. When, when if you think about it, back in the day when cable was brand new yeah. uh, and we were doing direct response television and direct mail and television that would announce the mail's coming. Uh, so, and it was such a new uh, an entrepreneurial time in cable TV before it was around. HBO was still getting rolled out. Cable TV was still getting rolled out. Learned a lot early in my career because I was probably in my mid-20s or so or there. Uh, and then things things changed, the business changed. And uh, while, while I was at HBO, I started another business, opened up a, a virtual ad agency where we worked with home inspectors across US and Canada, my, my partner and I. So it's always had sort of a side gig. Then I started to teach at St. Joe's. Uh, and then, uh, then I got, a, then I got let go at HBO. I think the world, like I said, the world changed, got a, got a job at Temple University running their executive MBA program, networked my way into talking to the CFO at Ikea, worked at Ikea for a couple of years or so and launched Ikea family. So if you walk into an Ikea store anywhere and you see Ikea family, uh, that's something I had to do with as well as the catalog. I was in charge of all the catalog. So I learned a lot of stuff. And then um, I decided to go on the agency side, you know, in my 40s, which was not necessarily the smartest thing to do, but I, I learned a lot. And uh, really what I learned, I learned how to work with agencies as a brand. So when I got to SAP and I got the Cognizant, I figured out how, how all that stuff worked. I learned social media along the way. Uh, but I, it, but as I as I progressed through the career, I found the most fun 
when I worked at SAP and built the operating model there. And then I, I went to Cognizant and I built the operating model there for, you know, for the, for the, for the whole company. And now here I am, you know, the world sort of changes, the players change, the coaches change, you get traded, you leave, you get put on the DL, whatever it is. <laughs> and um, I find myself running marketing think consulting and, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun and uh, it's it's been pretty niche, but uh, hey, here I am. Well, I have lots of questions for you around what you're doing and the value that you're bringing to your customers. But before I jump into those, sure. we ask every single one of our guests, what does making sales social mean to you? Well, you know, I, I have, uh, I love the concept of, I think social selling is an overused term. I think, but it's sort of like that common denominator. It gets people's attention. And I think the real way to position that is how do I use social media to sell a little better? And it's really how do I use social media to position myself as an expert as much as I can be? So there's the spectrum uh, and continuum of, of thought leadership. And it, you know, it starts at the face many times of the sales professional. Uh, you know, going all the way up to the subject matter expert, and then you can sort of bump it up to the C-level. But as a seller, as a professional seller, it means how do I get on the same channel that the customer, the client is viewing, is trying to find out how to solve their problem, how to spot the opportunity, how to scale, how to spend. Uh, and there's probably a fifth one in there uh, as, as far as, you know, what I do. But it's trying to make yourself relevant in, an, in a way that's not intrusive. Uh, yeah, I know you have seen it. I have seen it. I think everybody on the podcast has seen all these people that just bombard you with, with DMs and LinkedIn mails. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And what I do anymore to a salesperson that reaches out to me, I say, hey, wait a minute, tell me out. what I'm in the business of is helping people use social to sell. I see there's a real need here. And would you like to, would you like to set time up with me uh, you, the sort of obnoxious salesperson, <laughs> right? So, so learn how to use your craft a little bit differently, because I'm sure, and I sort of stopped there, but I'm thinking, I'm sure there's something in there, but it's not a cold call. And that's really what we're trying to do is make social to set up, you know, limit, illuminate cold calls and, and set up warm calls. And, and, you know, Ooh. if I can observe you from the outside and say, you know, this Bryn person or this Jerry person or this Joe person really ask some interesting questions or poses some interesting observations. And that's what using social means to me, you know, in, in sales and selling is try to you know, get on a person's radar in the right way. So you turn it into a warm call. I love that you earn the right to get the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. I love that. Um, so, you know, in all the things that you're talking about when it comes to kind of attracting, getting on the radar of all of these folks. What are the things that you've seen that work and what's not working? Yeah. So it, 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 whatever you do, you, you, you have to, you have to document it. You, you have to have a plan and, you know, it's, it's not about sort of, oh, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try that thing. And that's all well and good, but it's, it's starting with simple framework. At the end of the day, here's my objective. Someone's like a contract framework. Here's my objective. These are the three things that I really want to focus on. So it might be software, it might be value add, it might be uh, whatever it is. Drill it down, and then I figure out what are the smart things. I you know what are my observations? Because you know people, your 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 clients, our clients want to know want to know facts and you know how to scale and and how to buy and and all of that. But they 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 want to learn something, but also at the same time, what's your perspective on it? Tell me what you think. 
You know, it's like, it's like baking a, it's like baking a cake. You can give anybody a recipe to bake a cake to 10 chefs and they're all going to bake it a little bit differently because they have a different read on it. And at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to sell cakes. And, and, you know, the, the, the cake is the sort of the content and the icing that you put on the cake is sort of your point of view. And, and here's my read on the situation. And that's, you're trying to make sure that people understand what you're icing that cake with so they can take some value away and get your point of view. So you have that sort of warmness. Uh, you, sort of, you sort of have that connection. Pardon my 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 cake metaphor. No, I love I love cakes. Hey, you. yeah. You, what do people do wrong? What's broken? What's what do you see over and over again and go just go? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So it's it's not understanding how to use the right tool at the right time. Uh, you know, there's a saying out there: to fool with a fool with a tool is still a fool. And it's just using the wrong tool at the wrong time. It's being too forward. It's not sort of engaging with someone before you ask them for an appointment, dancing with someone before you ask for a date, all, all those types of analogies. It's like, again, earn, earn the right. It's going, it's going right in because it looks like you, you want to sell versus help. And I think if you just mm-hmm. sort of take that step back and say, hey, I want to help you. This is this is my read on the industry. This is my read on the problem. This is the read on my problem, how it affects people like people in your shoes. That, that there's some you're sort of like a free consultant to a degree. And you as a seller have to use social media and content to figure out how do I scale what I know in this industry? And that's really what it does. It's a great platform to scale. And and you know, the the the, the big mistakes I've seen, and and you know, like like you, you probably have worked with many salespeople, and and you find out that. They don't even know how to change their profile that many times. They don't know how to make a custom URL. They don't know the best time to post. They don't know, you know, this type of content is better than that kind of content, but you got to be out there with five different types of content to make it diverse. Uh, so it's a lack of understanding of how to use a, a tool. You know, and again, it goes back to if I'm, let's say I'm going to build a house, uh, you can build a house, but if you don't know how to use that hammer the right way, the house is going to fall down. And I, I, I've seen that often. Okay, that's great. I love that. One of the things we often say is when you put your prospects needs over your commission, you become a trusted advisor. So um, I concur. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, I concur. So I love that that you just said that, you know, you you hinted in there a little bit of times to post and Talk to me a little bit about now, I guess, whether we're talking all of social or LinkedIn, uh, and you can break it up if if you have uh, insights on different platforms, but when is the the best time to post or or how do you determine that for your client? And, you know, ultimately, like for algorithm purposes, if you have any additional insights around that. Great question. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com in. Of, of, and in a global economy and, and a coast-to-coast world, um, Eight o'clock in Philly is a different time than eight o'clock in um, in uh, in LA, and yeah. I, I always have enjoyed that sort of what I call drive time social. You know, mm-hmm. so you know what are the what are those drive times? And there's really what I found sort of the three lanes. Now I will give you a for instance. 
and, and you engaged with my LinkedIn post yesterday. I thought just for fun, we're going to post on Sunday morning. And the, the, this LinkedIn algorithm lately is wonky, you know, which is one of the reasons you have to figure out, you know, as, as, as a brand and as a company, you, you need a professional who has their ear to the ground to figure out what's changing, what's not, because it changes on, it changes on, the, on, the, on the daily. Um, I have found Sundays and Saturdays actually work for me because uh, I'm just trying to call, I'm just trying to get the conversation going and I'm not trying to tell, sell something. Yeah, I am trying to sell something, but it's very, it's very low key. And I just want to establish myself as, as an expert who can help. So that is a good time to post. I find nighttime is a good time to post, you know, in nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And, and I've always worked with sales professionals. You, you want to be on top of mind when your clients are sitting around in their jammies. So, and, and on the couch, they're not going to call you. They're not going to take a call. They're not going to answer email, but they're, they're, they're looking at stuff. But it's that, it's that Monday, it's that morning drive time, whether it's Monday, Tuesday or whatever. You know what? If, if we're all worried about uh, and concerned with building our presence, building our awareness, building our brand, you got to be out there all the time. You just can't, hey, I'm, hey it's Tuesday at eight o'clock. I'm going to post. It's anytime. Some you you are you have that schedule. Figure out your editorial buckets. Sort of think of it like a, a day part television scheduling. You're going to schedule this type of content here, this type of content there, uh, and just see what works. And you know, if you're not getting any kind of love at a certain time, click it over an hour and just it's it's test and learn. It's you know growth marketing at its finest. Yeah, I love that. You know, a question that we get a lot. Um, that we a question I love to get a lot is now I've got, you know, three likes and four comments. What do I do with it? Well, they're triggers. So, you know, that, that, that's it. There's, there's uh, I've, somewhere between 33 and 38 or so 40 or so triggers on LinkedIn from, from birth, from happy birthday to changing new job, to getting new certification to, you know, getting a like or comment on it. And you, you, sh you should address it because the name of the game is having a conversation. You're not going to you're not going to close the sale using social media. You, you're, you're just not it, you, the close. I've always thought and I've always taught it's having that conversation. The conversation is the close. So if you can get to something, whether it's a Zoom call or a phone call, there you go. Then then your one on one sort of you know, social media or sales combat skills come come into hand, you know, come into play. But that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're trying to start that conversation. So look at each trigger as a, as a way to respond, you know, less of, hey, great point, and more of, hey, it's a good point because I've seen this, blah, 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 or here's a great fact, or here's a link to a blog post I've written, or here's a great link to an article. So you, you respond to everything. But, you know, so you're, you're not caught like a deer in headlights, it's always good to write it down. Here is my here is my sort of response plan. If I get a like, you know, this is what I'm going to say. And and if I get a comment, you know, here are ways into this thing until it becomes muscle memory, where you can look at a comment and just go back and forth. Like we, you know, what what I what I do, and I think is a great tactic for salespeople, are run polls. So you run the polls, and you may not you may not anymore because the algorithm changed, but you no, may I get fit. Yeah, 50 votes and a lot of people will comment. I, and every time there's a comment, there's not a comment that I ever get that I don't respond to and try to add a little value unless I scratch my head and say, what do you, what do you, you know, what, what's your point? And I'll yeah. just like it and give them a little love back. Yeah, I love that. One of the things we talk a lot about is taking inventory of your existing connections and identifying who do you want to vote on that poll and sending it to them. Mm -hmm. right? So proactively taking that poll, getting it into their DM and saying, I'd love your one click vote. 
it's a great way to start, you know, conversations with targeted folks. Right. Leave it up to the algorithm right. God. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and too, when someone does vote, but don't, they don't comment, I'll reach out. I see they're voted, which is a great sort of, you know, information machine these, these uh, polls are. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, hey, Bryn, what, if you didn't comment, what do you think? You know, would love your take on that. And, and yeah. more and more comments uh, actually helps the algorithm. And, and, you know, dri- drives, drives those impressions. I would be wary, though, of, um, uh, of, of trying to link into someone right away after you go back and forth on a conversation. I just, I still have PTSD uh, from uh, someone who just, um, you know, tried to teach me a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, change I mean, me. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. What a couple things. If they engage on your stuff, I want to go engage on their stuff. So it's the, the it's like I appreciate you engage on mine. They share for the exact purpose of getting engagement. So if we show up engaging on their stuff, we're even more meaningful in their world, right? Absolutely. But when I send a connection request to these folks. I'll actually say, I appreciate you engaging on my poll. I'm not sure what your criteria is for accepting connection requests, but if you're, you know, if you want to check out my profile and if you think it makes sense to add me to your network, I'd be honored. Now I've put it back on them. They don't have that like complete, um, oh, she's, you know, it's a process. She's spamming me. I, I give them a moment to breathe and give them an out, which gets them to want to say mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. This is th- th- this th- this is true, um, but you know what? You're you're not going to hit a home run every time, and yeah. your 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 people will 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 ignore you. They'll accept you. They'll say something nasty back if if you feel that they feel you're being intrusive. But that light touch way in, consultative touch way in, that's that's absolutely the way to go. What do you think about either sending a connection request with or without a message? What are your thoughts around that? Because there's a big debate in the social selling world on send it without a message, more people will accept. Send it with a message, it's much more polite. What do you think? Well, I, I think you think you have to lead up to the you, you have to lead up to it. So, you know, a, a good a good formula is uh, like a handful to 10 times, you know, content that they had get get on the radar. Uh, then you comment a little bit more to get even more of the radar. If they give you a little love back, that's that's currency to um, that you can cash in to ask for the invite. You have to have a message with it. Uh, problem is, if you're on a if you're on a, a handheld device or a mobile device, that's a little tricky uh, sometimes. So you, you just sit down, make time to go reach out to someone and, and have a little message. Value add, show your personality. Um, you know, you only have so many characters to do it, but give a little context. You know, I really believe that it, it, the con- first of all, the context that you go from that cold call to that warm call, doing this, this acknowledgement or this liking of their content on, on the service, um, makes a lot of sense because that that cold ass now turns into a warm ass. They know who you are, and uh, they'll eventually click to you. And if they don't get to you eventually, they may not be as active as, as you are. Um, you, know, you think that because if they get an invite, it's going to be hooked up to your your, your email address, and, and that'll happen. But bottom line is, Bryn, add, add, a, add a message and add a little value, add a little personality. I, I agree with that. And you know, you can do that in mobile. If you click on the more button, you can personalize a message on mobile. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, a lot of people don't know that, that so that they the the hit just connect on mobile, not knowing. Yeah, how many I, how many times have I done that? But look to connect, but look, hit the more button, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I broke my own rule. <laughs> yeah, and that's when I use InMail. <laughs> I'm like, by the way, yeah, so interesting. So. Um, I, I will just share on the other side of things. When you send a personal message, it goes as an unread message in the inbox once they accept. So that gives you that other opportunity on both sides to start that conversation. I think that's more important than anything else in the whole in, around that. Yeah, so. and, and and when when someone connects uh, with with me, uh, or you know, I send a message and they they accept, I, I try to keep the conversation going. You know, if, if that was the point you're trying to make, it's like, all right, they accept it. That's a trigger. Let me try to continue. But be careful because you don't want to be salesy right away or perceived to be salesy. Here's a link to my website. I've done that too many times and I've gotten my uh, not hand slap, but it's just like, okay, now, now, now I'm acting like one of them. I should stop that. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and I actually treat, by the way, I treat people that I ask to connect and they say yes differently than the people that ask me to connect. So I, the people that asked me to connect, they made eye contact first, they reached out. I will ask them, you know, you connected with me. Are you interested in social selling? I've got lots of free resources because why else would they have connected with me? The people I connect with though, they didn't raise their hand, right? right. Like I'm the one tapping them on the shoulder. So it's a much slower process with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's, that's great. And one of the things I love that you said that I just want to reiterate, because I think it's critical that social sellers hear this is don't cold connect, engage with them first. Let So when they see your name, they already recognize that you're someone that's meaningful in their network. Agreed. So that's great. Well, we are coming close uh, to the end here. If you were talking with a new social seller or an executive who wants to truly use LinkedIn to attract a particular audience, What's one tip that you'd give them? One tip, uh, it, it would it would be to learn how the platform works. Mm. Uh, and that really goes the continuum of the profile to who sees your interactions to just the better way to do it, sort of the above the line way of doing things versus the below the line doing things. Yeah, as long as you can, if you can get close to not necessarily in mastery of the platform, but if you can get get through a working knowledge, you know, if you understand how it works mm -hmm. and the instructions, it's going to be uh, more effective. Love it. That's great. I've had so much fun chatting with you, Jerry. <laughs> tell, you, people how they, tell people how they can get a hold of you. Uh, you can reach out to me at uh, Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, at marketingthink, M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G-T-H-I-N-K.com. Uh, I am on uh, Twitter at, at Jerry Moran. And uh, we have a fun um, Instagram account, Another Hoppy Ending, which is just focused on beer and breweries. So that's part of our part-time. You get to see the 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 other side of me. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Well, thank you for your insights. Uh, I'm very um, excited to be able to share you with the audience, and I'm sure that you brought lots and lots of value. So awesome. Thank you, Brent. Again. So guys, when you are out and about, make sure that you are making your sales social. 
Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.